So we're in this series called Numa, and that's a Greek word. Thank you, brother. It's a Greek word that comes from uh, in John 3. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he's talking about what it means to really understand what Jesus is doing. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, but Nicodemus doesn't get it. And so he starts talking about wind and breath. And Jesus is kind of using this little language trick to talk about spirit because the word pneuma means spirit and it means wind or breath. And so Jesus is saying to Nicodemus that this this Holy Spirit that comes into a person is like the very breath and wind of God flowing through them. We read it, just John 3, 6 through 7, it says, humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised, Jesus says, when I say, you must be born again. Every person has to be born naturally, and every person is born supernaturally who is a Christian. There are all kinds of spiritual dynamics in our world, but the Holy Spirit is the only one who brings life. And his life is so powerful. It's so amazing. It comes into a person, and it changes them. It transforms them dramatically when the life of God, the Holy Spirit of God, comes into a person. And this has been true since the beginning. In Genesis 2, we've read it every week for the last seven weeks, we can see this all the way back to the way God created Adam and Eve. Verse 7 in chapter 2 says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of of life, and the man became a living being. Now most of you, when you hear that scripture, you think about your picture in your mind, God doing CPR on Adam, and he's trying to get him to breathe, so he gives him oxygen in his lungs. Well, it's true that he breathed, but that's not all that happened there. Adam became a living being. The the gift of life, the breath of life, was the spirit of life, and it's what gave him true and lasting life. And Adam was wired up to live eternally, you know? And so pre-sin, that was just supposed to go on forever. This is God's original design. Humans were never intended to live without the Holy Spirit. And of course, Adam and Eve, they're in the garden. There's a story about them reaching out to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they try to determine for themselves what is right and what is wrong. They determine for themselves how to be godly is essentially what happens there. And they doubt that God is for them or with them. And they take life on their own terms. And God had told them that they would die if they did this. Interestingly enough, they were still breathing, but they were dead inside, dead spiritually. And so they were separated from God. They started to victimize each other and blame each other. They, they, this, this, this death that was at work inside them started to, 
transfer to their kids, and one of their sons killed one of their other sons. Humanity spins out of control, and by Genesis 6, it's a mess. There's a verse there that says, every thought of every person was only evil all the time. (laughs) Sounds a lot like our culture right now, doesn't it? (laughs) That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need what God is giving us. And, and listen, Jesus himself was the first human to live with that life inside of him since Adam. He was born, how was he born? He was born of the Holy Spirit through the Virgin Mary. And so he's the first one who lives like we were originally designed to live since Adam. And then Jesus ushers in a new age where we're all invited to live in this way. And over the last several weeks, you know, you guys, we've been covering what is so powerful about the Holy Spirit. And if you missed any of these, you need to go back and listen to them. Because the Holy Spirit is an incredible gift to you and to me. I mean, that first week, we talked about the mystery of the Holy Spirit. We just talked about Nicodemus and John in John chapter three and talked about Jesus' words and how mysterious it is and how it's like wind, and, but you gotta have faith to, to really receive the Holy Spirit. The second week, we talked about the helper. Everybody say the helper. The helper, and he's the one who helps us. Like, you guys, you're walking around just doing life on your own. And there's all this help available to you. From who? From a self-help book? From Google? From all the articles on the interwebs? From YouTube? No! You have the creator of the universe living inside of you, so he is here to help you. Help you in everything. We minimize the role of the Holy Spirit. He is indispensable for the Christian life. The third week, we talked about the power of God by the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Jesus was talking about what was coming in Acts chapter 2. And he says, you'll receive power. Well, the question is, power for what? Power for what? To be my witnesses. What does a witness do? They just get on the stand and they say what they've seen and what they've heard. (laughs) You have to have seen something and you have to have heard something to be a witness. That's why this morning during worship, I led you in a moment of entering in to something that God is doing. But listen, the Holy Spirit comes on us to live holy and to speak boldly. You guys say that phrase with me. Say, live holy and speak boldly. This is what the Holy Spirit does inside of a, of a person who gets life inside them. The fourth week we talked about the presence of God. Oh, I'm so thankful for the presence of God. That when we get together, we sense his grace among us. You and I have to get it that he's with you. He is active. That's why one of our guiding values as a church is the presence of God. Because once you can get convinced that God is with you, that he's with you, that he's in you, and he's for you, and he's acting on your behalf, you live different. You think different. 
The presence of God is so powerful. We talked about the fruit of the Spirit, which is the results. Everybody say results. The results. You can actually evaluate whether you're Spirit-filled. It's a nice little list in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith. Faithfulness, (laughs) self-control. Maybe. I don't know. You have to look it up. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Listen, that, that is a powerful list, but it's not something you can work on. It only comes from you welcoming, cultivating, and, 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 and entering into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. With Jesus by the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. The next week we talked about the gifts. Oh, we didn't get enough time on the gifts because guess what? The Holy Spirit has all these gifts and he wants to work those gifts through you. He wants to give people a word of knowledge about their lives because the supernatural creator of the universe knows everything about them and once they hear that God wants something powerful for them, they start to think differently. Maybe there is a God. Maybe maybe he is interested in me. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, the word of wisdom, prophecy, gifts of administration. and Listen, whatever way you were wired as a human, the Holy Spirit supercharges those gifts that you already have. And then he gives you extra ones that you're not good at at all. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. You can operate in any gift that you read in the scriptures because you have the spirit of God living within you. Man, these are good messages. I'm just telling you. you, Even if you heard them, you need to go back and, and review them because we forget that the Holy Spirit is our advocate and our counselor and our comforter. And so today we're gonna talk about baptism. Baptism with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? A bunch of you were trained in a, in a way that makes you suspect or suspicious or uh, reactionary to anything having to do with the words baptism and Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so I'm gonna try to take you on a journey today where we're gonna, we're gonna talk about what that looks like. And so next week then we will talk about, now next week remember it's online only, we're gonna have one chapel at home, we're gonna cooperate with the July 4th weekend and, uh, and, and let people do their thing, but come to church, be on, I'll be there, we'll all be there together, it's gonna be great, uh, but it also gives us an opportunity to let all of our volunteers kinda have a breather, have a break, and I think it's healthy, I think it's good rhythms for our church. And so today, I wanna talk about baptism, we're gonna start with Jesus, because even though he was born by the Spirit, He surrendered to the Holy Spirit at his baptism. And I want you to see that. Matthew 3. Matthew 3. You can follow along in your message notes if you want. It's on that QR code. You can just uh, take a picture of that and, and, and it'll be right there. And you can follow along in the notes. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to baptize you, to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. 
After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. What an awesome thing. We see here Jesus surrendering to the idea of baptism and he, he's, he comes to John and, and John's been baptizing all kinds of people. John's bab, John is baptizing people into repentance for their sins. Jesus doesn't have any sin but he still submits to the process. Why does he do that? He does it to show his humility and his humanity and he does it as an example to you and me. He, he obeys out of faith. Same as you and me. He enters into water baptism out of faith and obedience. And so he submits to God's requirements. The spirit of God settles on him. The spirit of God was not a dove. I know that our bumper has a dove on it. And it's, it's awesome. It, it's not an actual dove, but it looks like... like John's describing it, he doesn't know exactly how to, but something came and settled on Jesus. One translation says, alighted on him. I like that word, alighted. Something happened to Jesus by the Holy Spirit at his water baptism. And so, God wants each of us to follow in Jesus' footsteps. The next verse after his baptism, you know what it says? It's Matthew chapter four. And he says, in Matthew chapter four, he says he was led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Wah, wah. But the key word there is led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit to go and to, to move through the wilderness where he would be tested, tried. But the Holy Spirit is with him, in him, and for him. And so he goes through the temptations, and then that unleashes, right? This baptism, this Holy Spirit baptism we see in Jesus begins to unleash signs and wonders and miracles. Hey, do you guys ever wonder why you read the Gospels? and read about all these miracles, and then look around and feel like you don't see them enough? Do you guys ever do that? I do. In our culture, we've gotten too heady. I'm not opposed to study, we all should study. I don't want you to check your brain at the door when you come to one chapel. We have a church that believes in doctrine and believes in study of the scriptures, but there is something missing if you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through you with signs and wonders and miracles. I've seen a handful of them over my life, but in our culture, I think that's what it's gonna take. In our culture, I think that's what it's gonna take for us to move people towards Jesus in the future. And the Holy Spirit is the source of that. So it all starts with baptisms here, and Jesus is being baptized. I want to 
highlight the definition of the word baptize. It means, in the Greek, it's baptizo, and it means to dip, immerse, submerge, or saturate. And I want to highlight, there's, there's a bunch of baptisms in the scripture. I'm going to highlight three of them, okay, today. So, so the first one I'm going to highlight is baptism by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say it together. Baptism by the Holy Spirit. All right, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says, for by one spirit, by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. Now, I don't want you to notice the grammar that's used there. It says, for by the spirit, we were baptized. All of us were baptized into Jesus. This is exactly what happened and what is described in John 3, where we read of Nicodemus and Jesus' interaction here. Some translations use the word into one spirit, but the question is, who is doing the baptism in this verse? By, by one spirit. The person doing the baptism is, is the Holy Spirit. The person baptizing is the Holy Spirit. If you've been born again, it's only because the Holy Spirit got a hold of you. He was chasing you down. He was trying to put Jesus in front of you everywhere you went. He's trying to get, make people come across your path who were Jesus followers. And the Holy Spirit was convicting and pulling and drawing you. The Holy Spirit was active trying to get you to see. And this is what Jesus describes in John 3, 6. It says, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can only produce, reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So, we, so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Now, I'm finding in my men's group where we have discussed all these, all these weeks, we've discussed the message series, which I, I highly encourage. Because if it's important enough to say on Sunday, it's probably important enough to talk about on Wednesday. I have a Friday morning men's group, and we sit down, and at 6.30, we talk about the, the messages, and talk about, like, it's amazing where these conversations go. But I've, it's been a powerful thing, and this last week, we talked about some stuff, and they were really struggling with the role of the Holy Spirit, even after seven weeks. So, so, I, so I, wanna, I wanna do a little illustration here, and I wanna help you with what, what the role of the Holy Spirit is. So let's just, let's just talk about salvation. When you come to Jesus, you are born again. Born of water and the spirit, which means born naturally and supernaturally. And there's a spiritual power. The Holy Spirit comes into you and births something brand new. Brand new. And the Holy Spirit changes you on the inside. So let's say this cup is you. And you are full of the Holy Spirit suddenly. Now, you're also full of all kinds of patterns and habits and terrible things that you've developed all through your life. And so there's some work that needs to be done. And because humans leak, sometimes the spirit leaks out of you and you put other stuff in there. So that's why it's so important that you respond by water baptism. And so... You've got it on the inside, but what happens when you come to water baptism, you say, bye-bye to all, those, all that stuff in my past. I'm saying yes to my new life in, in God. I'm identifying with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Are you guys with me? Yeah. 
and you make public your faith. No longer is it, no longer is it just something inside you, but it starts to overflow. It starts to flow out to other people. You're not afraid of it. You're not ashamed of it. And water baptism begins to overflow in your life and other people see it. And you're not ashamed, you're not afraid, you want them to see it. And so it just keeps happening and happening and it's such an awesome thing and you start getting really excited. But yes, again, people leak. And they have trouble being filled up. But you know what? God has an everlasting supply. And so he keeps pouring himself into you when you come to church and you worship God, when you meet with your ladies group on Thursday night, when you, when you, when you meet with your, your uh, kids and do a little Bible study, there's like, God's always waiting. He's always looking for opportunities to pour more into you. And what, what we're gonna get to today is that that more begins to be directed by the Holy Spirit in your life. And what the baptism with the Holy Spirit is, is when you are immersed. Isn't that what the word baptism means? When you're immersed, you're no longer just holding him inside. You've let him out. You know what? A lot of times when you come to church, the problem is not getting the Holy Spirit to come to you. He's inside you. What the, the hard part is letting him out. Let him out. Let him out and water baptism kind of reveals that and you say goodbye to all this past life. You go, but what the baptism with the Holy Spirit is, a, is another work that the Holy Spirit does where you are no longer just holding him, he's holding you. You are totally consumed with him. You are totally immersed in him. You are submerged in his way. You are surrendered. Everybody say surrendered. Surrendered to the Holy Spirit totally and completely. There's nothing you hold back. And when you find a moment in your life when you are not surrendered, you immediately turn to him and give it over. That's the work of Christ. Oh, that's the role of Jesus, to provide forgiveness, to provide healing, and then the Holy Spirit is the one who provides all this help Listen, hey, hey, it's good news. Jesus has good news. You don't have to live the way you used to live. Jesus brought good news into the planet. You can be restored in a relationship with God. Oh, and did, but did I tell you there's more than just Jesus? Jesus actually sends you and me, an advocate, a helper, a person who helps us with everything that is challenging in this world. That's worth cheering about. That's worth being excited about. And it's worth cultivating a relationship with. It's worth being surrendered completely and totally because the Holy Spirit is the good gift that Jesus brings. You don't have to be afraid of him. You don't have to be afraid of being immersed in him, letting him be totally in charge. So the first baptism that we've read about is the baptism by the Holy Spirit where God's kingdom is birthed into your life. But then we go to the second one, which is baptism in water. Now of all the baptisms, this is the one people are most, you know, they're, they're most familiar with. They see it, we understand it. It's what Jesus commanded us to do in Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which is awesome. I love how the Message Bible translates it in Romans chapter six. This is the modern day translation. It says, that is what happened in baptism. 
When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. The Holy Spirit did that. When we are lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace, sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin-miserable life. No longer it sins every beck and call. What we believe is this, if we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. Resurrection life and power. That's what we're called to, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. You do realize that Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And if that same Spirit that's raised Christ from the dead lives in you, you have life. You have the very life that Jesus had. And so water baptism is this powerful idea. And if you want to be water baptized, we're going to do that tonight. At the worship night, we're going to have water baptism. A bunch of people are already signed up. If you want to sign up, you still can. You can go to onechapel.com slash baptism and sign up. It's going to be awesome. We meet at 5.30 tonight. We're going to have pizza and pie. You want it? Come on. It's going to be loads of fun. And I really encourage you to come. It's going to be a great night of celebration. But then tonight, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about our our final point, which is baptism with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. Look at what John the Baptist said about baptism with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11 says, John is speaking, and he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, who is John the Baptist referring to when he says, you will bab- he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire? Who's he talking about? Who? One more time. He's talking about Jesus. So who does the baptizing in, these verse, in this verse? Jesus is doing the baptizing with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And you, if you look at Mark, if you look at Luke, if you look at John, all four of them, all four of the Gospels emphasize the significance of this language, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I don't have time to, to read through them all now, but the baptism with the Holy Spirit is something unique that happened in Acts chapter two. And so Jesus is the one doing the baptism. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is the baptism where Jesus is the baptizer. Now why is that significant? Well, do you remember Jesus' instructions after? Like after he was raised from the dead? He gave the disciples some instructions. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. We just read that go therefore and all and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now that sounds really final, but there was one other thing. Everybody say, one other thing. Hold your finger up. (laughs) Just wanted to see if you were listening. (laughs) Jesus' final word of instruction to his fathers was not a go, it was a wait. It wasn't a go, it was a wait. Luke 24, 49 says, and I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. 
The word stay simply means wait. Wait. These last words are also recorded in the first chapter of Acts. Are you guys still with me? There's a lot of movement going on in the room. I guess we're, the band is coming up. Okay, good. <laughs> I've surrendered to being played off the stage like the Oscars. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they're my signal to tell me I'm, I'm almost done. Here's Acts 1, 4 through 5. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Everybody say, wait. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What I want to suggest to you guys is most Christians are not living a life consumed, surrendered, yielded, submerged, dipped in, baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're doing their best. They have Jesus on their side. But they're, 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 it's, like they're, it's like they're trying to walk with one leg tried behind their back. That sounded weird. It's like they're, it's like they're not using part of what God gave them. The Holy Spirit lives in them for sure. But surrendering, him living in you and surrendering to him in everything. Hmm. That seems to be another pretty dramatic work that makes you his witness in a way that is powerful. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people everywhere about me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus knew that if we went without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, nothing would happen. If we try to live without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, they wouldn't be able to accomplish the Great Commission. Jesus was telling them, don't try to do anything I've instructed you and called you to do until you've received this Holy Spirit baptism. You, you'll only be striving in your own natural ability and nothing of lasting spiritual value will be accomplished. Wait, wait for what I promised you, a helper. That's the parsley paraphrase. That's what Jesus was saying. If you've been born again, the Holy Spirit baptized you into Jesus. At the very moment you received him. And now you belong to a very special family. It's God's family. It's what the Apostle Paul calls the body of Christ. But let me ask you, have you been water baptized? If you haven't been water baptized since you believed, it's the next step. It's the next step for you. Letting people who love you celebrate with you and becoming accountable to the family of God. But then have you... Ask Jesus to baptize you with his Holy Spirit. Because it, it is a thing. It's a thing in the scriptures. And if you haven't asked Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, then who, in whose power are you trying to live life? In whose power are you trying to live this thing out? Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead be, what does it say? Oh, sorry. It says, filled with the Spirit. Sorry, I thought that he had that on the screen. Do not get drunk on wine, 
which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You know what this means? Hey, Lake Travis, you know what this means? Hey, Austin, you know what this means? This means don't be stimulated by other things like alcohol or drugs or sex or adventure or all these other things that can come into your life and be the driving force or your career or any of these things. Don't let these things be the ones that stimulate your life. Let the Holy Spirit fill you to overflowing and there's a baptism with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about it tonight. I'm going to talk about the five times in the book of Acts where people were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk about what that did to them and what, they, what happened to them afterwards. And it's not just speaking in tongues, although three out of the five examples, people spoke in a language they didn't know, which was miraculous to list in the gift of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that tonight. I'm gonna to talk a little bit more about what tongues is. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about how the baptism with the Holy Spirit actually happens. And I want you to come. I want us to do this together. I don't think you can live without the Holy Spirit. I think you need him. And you can invite him right now. So all over the room, would you just close your eyes? And would you just allow him allow him to have his way in fact I'd go so far as to say would you invite him right where you are right in your seat I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up and I want you to I want you to be ready. I want you to be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. And some of you might be in the room and you're like, oh, okay, I, I, know, I know what you're saying. It sounds pretty good, Pastor Ross, but I am a little nervous about what he'll say or what he'll make me say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real thing, isn't it? What if he asks me to go to Africa? I don't want to go to Africa. Listen, giving over to the Holy Spirit is nothing but good for you. Being immersed in his spirit, God's spirit, yielded in every way, is nothing but good for you. So all over the room, I just want you to invite him right now. I invite you, Holy Spirit. I invite you, Holy Spirit, have your way. I love Jesus. But I want to be led like Jesus was led. I love God, but I want to live with power. I need power because I'm not making it. Holy Spirit, I need your insight about life. I need, I need revelation that I don't have. I need strength to deal with all the stuff that I'm going through. And Jesus, I know you love me, and I know you're with me, but would you baptize me with the Holy Spirit? Baptize me with the Holy Spirit until I am yielded, complete, completely immersed in him.
surrendered in every way, yielded in all the areas of my life, willing to follow you, Jesus, wherever you lead, but able to hear your voice in a better way because the Spirit of God has consumed me. (laughs) I am only stimulated by Him. And even when I find myself chasing something else and I realize that I turn immediately back to you because the Holy Spirit's conviction is so strong. It's so prevalent. It's so right here with me because I'm consumed in Him. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Fill me, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord.